creative heads in foreign lands working at the intersection of creativity, leadership and culture. I am David James Kennedy. And I'm Dan Wilden. Milan, Oslo, Rogue Minds. Today's episode is called Fun is Where Creativity Thrives. We're going to cover off some of the territories that will be helpful for creative thinkers. Some particularly brave folks have decided to make their living doing creative things for companies, brands, bands, collectives, or even for themselves. We know that the best creativity comes from fun, but therein lies the challenge. I don't think anyone would say, I'm not interested in learning how to have more fun. I think there'll be areas of everyone's life that they're not necessarily content with when it comes to creative expression or whether there's creative block or writer's block involved. So I thought we could dive into some uh, practical points on how people can get back to easier, more fun creativity. The first topic that I had down here as far as practical ways was to change the environment. But Dave, what are some of the approaches that people can employ to change the environment that they're coming up with creative work or doing for their own expression? Yeah, this is something that people talk about so much and it seems like such an easy thing to do. But when you're head down, ass up in a project, changing and and this is all you're going deep in on a project, you're hitting a deadline, whatever, to get up, stop and change environment can sometimes be the hardest thing to do. And I am... I've seen some really good examples. I know, I know uh, an artist that I know, uh, and this person basically uh, kind of goes into randomness practice and kind of links randomness practice to environmental change, <laughs> in, not environmental changes in the environment, but changing your environment. And this person basically rearranges their house and their lounge room and their working space sometimes at the start of every major project they have. So they sit down to a fresh view, a fresh space, a fresh um, kind of feeling, and then they work from there. And I've seen this person produce some really great results. Um, Another example was uh, I can think of one time working on a project. We were very deep in a project and we all just hit a bit of a wall uh, it was going great. Then unexpected twist. Client was frustrated. We were frustrated. Third party and different different um, different stakeholders involved were frustrated, and we had to just drop our tools and we took a day out of the office and just basically went out walking in the forest and just spent a day outside in the sun. Didn't produce anything. Didn't get anything done. I remember walking out there thinking, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to go walking in the forest and stare into the sun and be outside. But the next day we came in with a complete fresh uh, view of things and we were able to just find solutions to get past that barrier. So that's a different environment, getting outside, a physical environment, just the ability to able to step away from something at times I think is such a key thing. There's a guy that we know who is a real master at, at knowing when to step away and knowing when to give space and knowing when to change environment. Yeah, whenever I've walked into a project or if I've been part of leading one or even just consulting on one, some of the times the best thing you can do is just pick everyone up when you when you just know they're stuck here, they're stuck in this idea or they just need to get moving. So picking people up saying, look, let's go or look, 
creative team, I don't want to see you for two days. Go and work in a park or the pub or something. And the other thing too is there's something about movement, which you touched on before going for a walk. If possible, this is a little work slash life hack. If you can have a meeting walking, do it. It's actually quite cool. It doesn't always work if you're smart working or you're locked down. Maybe it does if you have your, your earbuds in and walking around somewhere talking to other people but if you can be moving just something about that helps and also if you're walking together with someone else there's something in the um the dynamic that shifts so that's a a good point to move on to a next one so that first point was change the environment or or step away i like that one some of the other points we've got invest in the things that inspire you tools travel books gear good instruments for those of you who know me you'll know for those of you who don't you're about to find out I have played music for as long as I can remember. So was Dan. And I remember when I um, I love my Fender guitars and I remember I traditionally played um, a Telecaster and a Strat. And I remember the first time I really started to fall in love with the Jazzmaster. And the Jazzmaster is a completely different guitar, different sound, different tone. It's a guitar that's well-known in history for sparking some of the most fantastic songs and riffs and, and sonic movements. And I remember when I shifted to that guitar, let's say, let's call that a tool, for example, I couldn't play it. I mean, I could play guitar, the technique was there and everything, but I couldn't manipulate this guitar in the way I creatively wanted to. And that process was about six to eight months of me really starting to find myself with that guitar in my hands. So I think it's so important to change your tools, get new things, get gear, equipment, whatever it is you're doing that challenges you and pushes you down the road of learning and education. Yeah, I have um, I have a similar experience with, uh, let's talk about guitars for a minute, um, but from a different angle. So I think my first bass guitar, I started on the bass, and I think my mum found it underneath the stage in an old church somewhere. And she's like, Dan, I brought this home for you. And it was a piece of junk and I loved it. It was awful. I think my hands are still recovering from the action on it. It was like about a foot high, the string about a <laughs> foot away from the fretboard. It sounded terrible. <clears throat> but I used this thing for ages. And when I made the switch or the decision to buy a better piece of equipment, when I was actually starting to play in some bands, I thought I'd better get something that people are not cringing at. For, for me, investing in a, a quality piece of uh, musical gear, it made a huge difference. So unlike you where you sort of went maybe laterally to something quite different, I was stepping up from using something that was probably giving me tetanus and arthritis to something that was a joy. And I think maybe you can swap out a good instrument for just a good tool or good equipment. If you're working on a crappy laptop that crashes all the time or the battery dies on your phone all the time, just invest in something that's going to make your workflow more enjoyable and for creative folks whether that's paint or whether that's like knives if you're a chef or something or steven seagal in a, in a film and you need good <laughs> knives just uh, get get some cool tools that inspire you and you know what that might also be books it might be learning we could go on forever down the, the rabbit warren on what a good tool or something that inspires you is but always worth investing in do you reckon we could get steven seagal on this podcast I think he probably would charge us, but not a lot. <laughs> I think his time in the sun is over. 
So he would charge us, but I think it would probably be, you know, we could probably do a little little crowdfunding and and work up the work up the money to get Steven yeah. Seagal in here to talk about chef knives. Yeah, exactly. Or throwing knives depends. I mean, Under, <laughs> Under Siege was was an important film for me as a a fourteen year old. I mean, I think he peaked in Under Siege. I would maybe under siege too, but let let's get back to it. <laughs> Love talking about Steven Seagal and his knife throwing um, collaboration. This is something we touched on this a lot in, the, in in many of our podcasts, and we're both firm believers in collaboration. We're both collaborators. We're not uh, lone wolves. So important. Jay Richards on our previous podcast, who's a Gen Z specialist, talked about the importance of having diversity and different generations in the room in terms of their mindset and their viewpoints on things. And that's the exact same thing here. It's so important to collaborate. You know, I was reading something the other day about a, about a guy in advertising who regularly brings in people to consult him who he's never met and they've never worked in advertising. And the reason he does it, he brings in teachers, he brings in parents, he brings in bankers, he brings in people who uh, work at the local grocery store. And the reason he does that is because they're not bound by any of the restrictions or ways of thinking or certain, might be certain barriers that are within the advertising industry. He brings in people who don't have that and they throw ideas at him and smash those walls down that help him also to find a way to approach things in a new way. So I think that's a really powerful thing, collaboration. Yeah, and like you said, collaborating with different, more diverse thinkers, the habit or the the easy solution often is to go and collaborate with someone who thinks in a similar way to you. But you'll find that when you're challenged by people with different uh, different approaches, different outputs come out. So depending on the project and depending on the expertise that you want to bring in, we would definitely recommend collaborating. I'm going to throw a very practical one in, and that's exercise. This is something that I'm challenging myself with this year, but I think a lot of time, and especially in the current global environment, it's easy to get stuck in a, a static way. And even even in normal times, a lot of people work behind a desk and if they're sitting, even if they're sitting on one of those silly sort of exercise yoga ball things, you're still pretty static. So I think the daily exercise is a, a discipline that is worth investing in. And uh, I know, Dave, you play a lot of team sport. What's the difference for you when, if you're feeling fit and healthy versus an especially cold Norwegian winter and it's been hard to get outside? Funny you ask me because I um, I just went for some cross country skiing the other night out in the forest. Of course you did. With a bunch of guys. Of course I did. <clears throat> uh, I drove my car up there with three other guys. We parked up. We went skiing and we chatted away and we were just out in the in the cold and in the in the nature in the forest and it was amazing because just doing that, getting out together, having some fun, coming back, feeling good in the body, feel good in the body, feel good in the mind can process things much clearer, much more uh, from an even uh, viewpoint and standpoint. So doing doing whether it's a team sport or if it's a skiing or working out or whatever it is, it really helps. And it's something that – it's something I think we all know as creatives and people who maybe like you and me who have the tendency when we get stuck in a project, we, we ten- sometimes we can go in so deep. <laughs> and we're kind of consumed by it. So if you're if you're maybe similar to us and you're consumed by something, this comes back to changing your environment again. 
Um, but if you can step out of your environment and get into another one, and if it can be some exercise or it can get you out where you can think differently, where you've got a bigger perspective, it's amazing how fresh you feel when you go back to attacking that um, that project or that concept or whatever it is. Another thing that I think is super important that we've talked about a lot, Dan, in uh, previous podcasts and just in our conversations is working on your craft. And the older I get, the more important that becomes. And I think that's something um, so important. So again, I can draw I can draw an analogy to my guitar playing, but the more I work on my craft and the more I worked on my craft as I started learning guitar, the more fun it became and the more creativity was available to me because there are mechanics involved here. And that's something we, we haven't really talked about, but there are mechanics involved. There are... There are formulas, there are equations, so to speak, that open up a realm of creativity to you when you have the basic foundational knowledge. And I think that's really important. So, you know, if, if you're working or if you want to be a designer, make sure you know your stuff, make sure you're learning, make sure you're reading, you're getting into Clubhouse and getting in groups, you're listening to blogs, you're signing up for webinars and trainings, you're studying. The more information you get. You often hear this classic saying, information is power. And it's so true. The more information you get, then you can take that information and you can put it into your craft. And it's amazing how fun that can be. And I remember when I started learning guitar, uh, it wasn't fun learning foundation, learning technique, learning the mechanics. But once I got them down, it, it became all of a sudden I had mechanics down and then the only limit was my mind. You know, because there's, there's, there was no rules, but I had this foundation to build upon. And from there, I continued to, uh, to write and to record and to, um, and to learn more and, and challenge myself with different techniques. Is that something you've found, Dan, in, in your art over the years? Yeah, completely. I think for me, uh, I'll move away from the guitar stuff because I don't practice my guitar nearly enough. <laughs> um, but um, one of the areas that I'm really interested in in my spare time and, and starting to uh, put a bit more focus on is songwriting. And, and the more you do that, the more you create, the stronger that muscle gets. It's, it's, it's very much an exercise, um, I guess, um, literally and, and uh, metaphorically. So when the more you, you work on coming up with ideas, whether it's fine art, whether it's sketching or whether it's songwriting, um, or even brainstorming and coming up with concepts. The, the, the best creatives that I know, they're, they're sort of in, they're already in the flow all the time. They, they know that they can come up with ideas or someone throws an idea at them and their mind is agile. They're, they can shift very quickly and jump onto something and, and they're usually quite positive as well, these uh, good creatives and, and lateral thinkers. So the more that you exercise that part of your brain, the easier it is to come up with ideas. So that's, I guess, when it comes to um, stewarding your talents or your craft, it's um, the more time you spend on it, the uh, the better you get with that. And uh, even, even one other thought, so if you are a video editor or a sound editor, even just knowing your shortcuts, knowing your keyboard, knowing the quick ways to achieve results, and the right software to it to employ, or the the right um, the right third parties to bring in on on projects too. So, it, it never ends um, in improving or sharpening your craft. 
I think we've uh, I think we've given a good few practical points here. I don't know how many we've we've done, but coming back to the main focus of the podcast, what's our final point going to be, Dave? Make it fun, and this is this is this is where we're learning as we go as well. Uh, because there are all of us have restrictions, all of us have limitations, all of us have challenges in our daily lives, personal lives, job, everything else. So the ability to come back to fun so we can thrive in our creative output, in our creative processes, in our creative endeavors and passions, it's so key. So you know, we've talked about a lot of different things when it comes to environment, exercise, collaboration, different thinkers in the room, making time and space, consuming and learning, knowing your basics, getting things done. But the element of fun, and I feel like the older I get, the best thing I can do to make sure it stays fun for me is to actually, and it probably doesn't sound very creative at all, is but to keep a really good focused calendar. <laughs> and make sure I put in time every day, every week, whether it be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever time I can to just let my mind wander, free of time constraints, free of budget constraints, free of expectation constraints, expectations maybe from a client, expectations from your creative partners, expectations from anything or anyone and have some time and effort that is clearly mine. And in that time, I can dream. And dreaming is something we haven't talked about. Dreaming is something that's so important as well. But really just let my mind wander and have stupid ideas and have ideas that seem a little bit crazy and then write them down, put them on pen and paper or on your laptop or whatever you use. And I saw something the other day, Gary V, who wrote something, you know, your dreams are yours. Don't let anyone ever steal your dreams. And he was talking about don't let anyone ever tell you your passions and dreams are stupid. They're yours and they're up to you what you do with them. And so I think to make it fun for me, I need to be quite structured to make sure I give myself that time in a week to to dream, to think, to push the boat out. Otherwise, the week goes by, life happens, deadlines, expectations, deliverables, kids, family, the rest happens and I find weeks go by and I might not have done anything. And then it's much harder to come back to a brainstorming session on a Monday morning with a client where they go, all right, we're going to do this, bang, go, ideas. And you're, you're just kind of, you're kind of coming out of an empty well when you do that. So that's that's my approach. But how do you do it, Dan? What's, what's, your, what's your best approach or best practice that works for you? When I lived in, in London for, at least for the last few years anyway, I made Monday nights my night where I'd go and hang out in the studio with some friends and we, we wouldn't have much of an agenda other than maybe do some recording, some writing, drink some wine, eat some Sainsbury's ready meals. We would we'd sort of hang out and sometimes we would just, we wouldn't even get into the studio. We'd stop in the pub outside and just, just chat. I think um, making that time, carving out some margins, whatever charges your battery, whether it's um, exercise or whether it's writing or, or drawing or or anything like that or design or film, that thing that happens when you 
when you're doing it, you just lose track of all time. I think it's important to carve out some some space, like you said, so you're free of constraints. And and I think it's it's managing your family and your friends or your partner's expectation. Hey, this this is the time when I'm going to be with my friends, either you know playing football or in the studio or walking in the mountains, brainstorming ideas for the client tomorrow. Whatever it needs to be, I think it's really important to to carve that out. So. And I think that could actually that could actually be our challenge for today's podcast. What do you think? If we put this out, here's the challenge because we like to give you guys an actionable uh, takeaway to to help with your week. Can you create some margin to be free of constraints? Is there something that you can do like Dave does with the calendar to be a bit organized so you can actually get back to that fun creativity? And if I was going to add a, a part two to that, of those bullet points that we went through, of those practical points, was there anything that jumped out that you need to employ straight away? Just to recap on those ones, changing the environment, investing in things that inspire you, collaborating, exercise, crafting your talent, and making it fun. That's the challenge. Make some time, release the fun, the creativity, and get back to where it began. It's a really good list of things. And, you know, a lot of this stuff seems easy, but often the easiest things that are written down on paper sometimes can be the hardest things to actually implement. So uh, I think it's a really good challenge, Dan. And uh, for those of you guys who are listening and girls, of course, um, let us know. Let us know how you go. This really came out of a really fantastic uh, blog that Dan wrote on his LinkedIn page centered around TikTok and content creators and how Gen Z just uh, their their goal is not to deliver a certain amount of pieces of content. Their goal is just purely fun and their own sense of excitement and passion. And that's something that's really, really um, important. So if you can, jump online. Uh, visit Daniel Wildens LinkedIn and read that read that blog because it's a fantastic blog. Well, thank you for the big up. And we have created our own LinkedIn page now, Rogue Minds. So give that a follow or, or put your comments there if you like. Fantastic. Well, it's been good, Dan. We'll see you again soon. See you later.